Hello and welcome to this episode 21 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name's Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and I'm recording this on Thursday the 23rd of February 2017. Now if you are a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know we don't normally do newsy stuff, but a big thing happened today. We had the redesign of Freeze Magazine was launched. Uh, Freeze Magazine is, I guess, one of the mega indies uh, it's the magazine that launched the art fairs. Um, it's a contemporary art magazine that is really, really well respected, really, really well known. And very excitingly, it's been redesigned by David Lane, who is the new art director there um, and is the guy that I know from um, being one of the co-founders of The Gourmand, the food magazine. So when all this came together, it was very clear that I wanted to go and speak to him. So I popped over to the Freeze offices in London earlier this week to speak to him about the process of working on this redesign and what they were trying to do. And I'm always really interested when I'm speaking to designers generally about the detail that they're they're going to, because that seems to me that's where the real interest is. Um, and David speaks really interestingly about the choices that he made and also the stuff that they decided to leave alone. So the things that they um, looked at, like, for example, the masthead, and they tried various different versions but decided that actually it was best just to leave it. Um, this being a conversation about a redesign, a lot of it is quite visual. Um, if you haven't seen the magazine yet, check the Stack blog. Um, I'll put the cover up there and some spreads so that you can see some of the things that he's actually talking about. Or, of course, go out and pick up a copy. Um, Freeze magazine is not as obscure as a lot of the mags that we have on the podcast. So um, I'd say you stand a decent chance of actually being able to pick it up. So um, I hope that you enjoy this conversation with David Lane of Freeze magazine and the Gourmand. uh, And I hope it makes you want to go and have a look at it for yourself. So I'm here with David Lane, now art director of Freeze Magazine. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) How did all this come about? Um, So the the previous art director who had done a fantastic job for five years was moving on to pursue other um, projects and I'm not sure how they had got in touch with me, but they they did, and I had a few meetings with them. And it was a really interesting role because it's it's part time. Um, there's a there's various freelancers that make up a full time design team here. So there's a senior designer Lawrence, who's brilliant, and a junior designer Emily, who's fantastic, and between the three of us there is a full-time position here but we all work part-time I have the other magazine that I do the Gourmand and my studio stuff that I also do um, so I work about six days per issue and there's mm-hmm. about eight issues a year mm-hmm. I feel I do the maths for that so how many days a week is that in the office two about two days a week and it's an interesting publishing schedule because it's it's essentially a monthly mm-hmm with two big breaks 
for Freeze London and this year for Venice mm-hmm. but another year it could be for Freeze New York mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not quite monthly you'll see that some months are three months combined into one others are every month for three months so it's there's a there's some logic in it that I'm yet to completely discover <laughs> that it's, there is a reason for it to be like that and so when did you actually start in here? Uh, I started in November and I worked on two issues with the old design mm-hmm. um, and then the issue that's just come out which is the March 2017 issue showcases the beginning of the redesign mm-hmm. which will kind of continue to develop and evolve um, over the coming months and years I guess <laughs> and so this is I, I guess for a lot of art directors this is maybe not the dream but it's a really fun challenge because you get given a magazine that has existed for a very long time it's very well known and then you get to change that but you've got to figure out what you're trying to do when you're changing that there where where did you begin with it I mean I've done it with a few magazines and it's a it's very tempting to quickly make up your mind of how it should look and, and go ahead and do it. But actually, the people that have been working on it, and the magazine's been going for 25 years, every five years when there's been a redesign, the same questions have been asked. So if you look back at 25 years' worth of magazines, there's a sort of wealth of stuff in there that's right. It's all right, in a way. Um, and also everyone that's working here from the editorial point of view is right so most of the the first couple of months was really finding out from people what worked and what didn't from their side and because it's so frequent it's also about what works practically on a kind of running basis um the tip of the iceberg i guess is the kind of the visual bits in a way which lots of people seem to think have changed dramatically, but I kind of don't know if it has because the magazine's so structured in terms of you've got columns in the front, which are a lot of words on one page or two pages, an image and a title, a byline and a slug and the deck and all the things you expect in a magazine. And there's not much room for changing it around. I mean, you know, if you're doing a fashion magazine as an art director that's a bit more not necessarily a dream but it's a bit easier because there's far fewer words there's lovely big images you can play with type huge you can do all those kind of things you can commission a lot more imagery actually this is a bit more of a sort of practical Mm -hmm. challenge Mm -hmm. and also you don't want to create too much of an additional visual style on top of an aesthetic that an artist has already that is being written about so it's it's a tricky one to find the right balancing point of giving the magazine its own personality in a market of art magazines with their own voices and that personality not being so strong that it imparts on the things that are being written about yeah and so how have you gone about that in this case what what are the things that you'd say we, we've advanced things in this area to give it this voice. I think that the two typefaces we're using have changed. Um, they've changed a lot. So one of them is, I looked at the very first issue of Freeze um, 
which was 25 years ago, and maybe 25 and a bit, 26 now. The very first Freeze logo was typeset in a face by Susanna Linko from Emigre, and there was a feature on Emigre as okay. well. So it's like it's very dated in a way. And I just thought, you know, there's so much amazing type design since then, but it would be quite good to go back to there and see if there's anything. People think of the kind of digital 90s looking side of Emigre, but there's some really brilliant, complete typefaces. And she did one called Philosophia, which is her version of Bodoni, but it's based on the small metal type Mm -hmm. rather than all the versions of Bodoni that you see in fashion magazines which you can tell have been drawn on a computer they're like really contrasting really perfect and they have their own personality but it's not necessarily personality of the original typeface and I thought it was really interesting because it it feels magazine-y which is a magazine but it also has a bit more of a kind of intellectual bookish feel rather than something like one of the really contrasty sort of fashion end of it Um, and it kind of feels interesting and a bit odd and it just didn't feel like anything else people were using it felt like it had its own its own personality really Um, so we used that and then I also worked with a type designer called Radon Pesco to do a sans serif bespoke sans serif typeface Um, so they kind of sit together in their own strange way even mm. though they're very different he was aware that we were using one when he was designing the other um, and most of the personality and the design comes from that the actual grids and things have kind of changed a bit but minimal amounts really yeah. the, this, is, this is sounding reminiscent because I remember hearing you speaking about the Gourmand um, one time and you were talking about the fonts that you created was it with monotype for yeah for so we did one with monotype and then the designer from monotype subsequently set up his own studio mm-hmm. and we did the next set with him because he'd done the original ones and I, I so like when I think of the Gormund one of the first things that pops into my head is your ampersand because you've got this really distinctive yeah. angular ampersand I remember you saying um when you take care of the details like that when you sort of invest all that thought into tiny details actually the big picture kind of takes care of itself yeah is is this the same sort of philosophy coming through here yeah pretty much um and it's some the luxury as well of it being eight a year is that we're still developing these things so we're we're working on little special characters and little icons that tell certain stories and do certain things um i think there's a sort of temptation with really frequently published magazines to change a lot to kind Mm -hmm. of keep designers interested in doing it basically I don't know if it necessarily keeps the readers interested or makes it any better a magazine so if you can make the elements that you use if you can make them work hard enough to do lots of different jobs and that's what's great about philosophy as well it's got a huge amount of different cuts and fonts within it um, and that keeps the personality of it I think it's almost a bit lazy to just pick different typefaces here and there for different stuff you want to use yeah yeah for this I mean there's the other places where that works really well but um, and then 
some other big changes we made were making slightly clearer distinctions between the different sections mm-hmm. so that the, the sort of columns the more news sections are, they are a bit denser and they're all done in, in one typeface and then when you do get to features you really feel there is a difference like the whole grid changes and, and there's a bit more space and we've also put in section openers to really let you know that you've arrived in a new place mm-hmm. um, Try and find one, which is probably pointless because this is on the radio. So you can't see it. <laughs> no, but I'm going jogging. So that's the important thing. Um, so they bracket the different sections of, of the issue: um, reviews, features, listings, and the columns. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one. So they use the the freeze grotesque typeface, really big, and one image. Uh huh. And is that an ad opposite? That is an ad opposite. So, so you've got your, your section openers, you've got the right hand is the big opener, you've yeah. got an ad opposite, so you're basically saying, right, break, we're going into something. Exactly, yeah. and there's the features one. Yeah. Um, I think because there are a lot of ads in freeze, but actually they're quite cleverly organised so that this, the reading sections are fairly undisturbed, mm-hmm. um, that by putting these in it helps you know exactly where those places are and... and be able to jump in and know where what you're reading yeah so one of the most striking things that i noticed when i first saw the new design um was that cover image yeah so as in terms of uh, an, a piece of art that is setting your stall out you've gone with a set of dirty biker leathers yeah like a spatchcock <laughs> Jacket you can, you're not on the gourmand now you've got to stop thinking about spatchcocks <laughs> um <laughs> It was really hard. I mean, there's so much interesting stuff in this issue, but, you know, none of it really is was brought into the issue thinking, let's this would be a great cover, which isn't isn't the way the magazine works, and it shouldn't work that way, really. It's different. You know, we're not doing cover shoots or... Right. Like the magazine's always been about the work and the ideas and a photograph of an artist doesn't tell you either of those things and the artist probably doesn't want it. Right, exactly, yeah. You know, they'd rather so it's always about using a work. I mean there's one there's a few like the next issue is actually there is a theme. Mm-hmm. So the cover might explore that slightly. Um we there used to be a sort of white border on the cover um, and the covers were really beautiful and elegant and well considered um, but they, I found them quite quiet which was probably the idea quite nice and I think actually um, whilst a lot of art is quite quiet it's uh, I wanted to show the full spectrum of stuff mm-hmm. and, and if that meant that some were much more in your face and louder and almost ugly but they provoked a reaction of some sort. I mean, when, when I first saw this one, and I'll, I'll put this on the um, the stack blog in case anyone hasn't seen it already, the like it, the I guess it's the crop of it. At first, I couldn't really see what it was. I just saw colours, so yeah. red, yellow, black, and you can see there's some kind of dirt and stuff in there. Well, what was it that made you go with that specific? And and is that a crop or is that actually the artwork? It's a crop of the artwork. Um, I mean the cover process here is really interesting the editors are involved Matthew's involved as well um, 
and you know there's lots of considerations it always tries to be a work that's contemporary mm -hmm. you know um, a work that's written about in a feature which is one of the bigger the bigger features so there's kind of a logical process of elimination and Alexandra Birkin who did this work um, a lot of her work's installation and, and it seemed to be kind of the most relevant for the cover but also we just didn't want to have a gallery space on the cover mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. and I think there's something interesting about the texture and it, they, the magazine used to have a matte laminate so this has got a really glossy laminate I think it's just like I just wanted something that evoked a bit of a feeling in you even mm. if it was like not particularly nice something that <laughs> felt quite kind of drippy and glossy and gross and a bit wrong and the same feeling she's trying to provoke by putting that on the wall of the gallery um, but I mean you'll see as the issues go on that there's going to be a lot more variety in the covers mm -hmm. so when you're providing variety on a newsstand because of course Freeze is one of these magazines that actually is really well distributed you see it around the place a lot yeah is part of that variety aiming at a new audience? Do you want to, people to pick this up who maybe haven't seen it for a while? Definitely. I mean, the, the the masthead, which stayed the same, even though we discussed lots of options, um, is so recognisable and so iconic, really, um, that you can do a huge amount with it. You know, there are lots of magazines that have a much quieter and less established masthead and it means they have to kind of stick to a more of a structure with with how they do the covers um but you know contemporary art doesn't really have a structure it's everything and so <clears throat> tying that down to something that works a certain way isn't right and we look back a lot of at a lot of the really early issues of freeze which were a lot more provocative and a lot more iconic i think um, I mean, they were from an era of art that was, you know, the 90s of kind of things were a lot more iconic and provocative. Um, they weren't necessarily better. They were mm -hmm. just easier to, you know, turn into magazine covers. Um, it's hard to turn a piece of art that's about, you know, a community building project with iPhone pictures into a great magazine cover. Um, so yeah I mean, they'll be they'll vary a lot this is completely speculative because <laughs> this is the first one <laughs> maybe they'll all look the same no the second one already looks very different um, and also the cover lines would be much more playful and they'll change scale and size and quantity typeface um, just kind of keeping interest and, and yeah hopefully bringing interest from a new audience yeah and maybe putting some cows cut in half on the cover just to yeah, hat back exactly <laughs> exactly now so something there's so a, a whole other side to this project that you've been working on is the iPad app yes and that obviously presents a whole new set of challenges because what do you do with a magazine and an iPad were you actually personally working on that yeah so there's somebody here who's an amazing designer who uh, has done the iPad for a while and I work with her um, I've always been a bit 
it's not here about mag about magazine iPad apps. I don't actually own an iPad, or I do now because I have to. But, <laughs> um, I now think that it's not better Ooh. because I love Ooh. print, and I love magazines. But for a magazine which is very frequent and is much more about its content than its kind of physical than it is as a physical object. You know, we have nice paper, we have nice covers, but it's not a sort of huge collectible thing like maybe Freeze Masters is. The reading experience on the iPad is amazing. You know, there's no space limitation at all. So everything can be as big as you want it to be. And just that in itself makes stuff much easier to, to mm. digest, mm. you know. Um, whereas in the front section, we're fitting 750 words on a page on the iPad app you can have as many images as you want it takes up as much space as 750 words should take up you can add in extra space if it's feeling a bit dense <clears throat> it just works really really well and these typefaces work brilliantly on screen actually mm. um, so it's completely changed my opinion on it and I'm because I obviously read everything for the layouts but if I'm consuming freeze now in sort of leisure time <laughs> rather than the office I think I'd probably do it on the iPad really? yeah I'm going to have to go out and buy an iPad yeah it's really re and, and there's video content on there as well ah, and all right. sorts of additional things like that um, I'm pretty sure if you subscribe you get both mm -hmm. um, yeah I, yeah it's really good I don't think I'd ever do the Gorman on the iPad but that's a different different thing well it's a different beast isn't it exactly the, I, I couldn't imagine you doing eight issues of the Gourmand year. no <laughs> for the benefit of the microphone no. <laughs> you grimaced over at that oh no it would be impossible so so just to, to finish up then where are we at with the Gourmand so the next issue is coming out in a month or so oh right okay it's, the, it's I think it's the best one yet it's, it's got some incredible content in it you kind of start off with your dream list of things you want in it and in this issue pretty much everything has happened and has been with the people we want and, and done amazingly well and from the kind of writers we've got to photographers just some of the ideas in it it's it's a real winner some really big names oh yeah in terms of who is featured too from the food world or from other parts of all yeah both actually um, I'll tell you about it all when I'm allowed to <laughs> <laughs> alright well Dave thank you very much thank you Cheers. okay that's it for this week um, I finished the first bit by saying that you should go and pick up a copy of Freeze to see what they've done. Um, I'm obviously just as enthusiastic about saying you should go and pick up a copy of the new Gourmand once it's out. Um, magazine makers, I think, always say that the next one is the best. The one that they're working on now, is the that's the best thing, the, the purest expression of what they've been trying to do. But if what David said is true, and this is the one where everything has really come together, 
that will be um, really quite a special thing because previous issues have been absolutely fantastic. Um, we will definitely cover that somehow on the Stack blog when it comes out, um, maybe even on the podcast. So if you want to make sure you don't miss that, should it happen, um, go and follow us. You can find us on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Just search for Stack Magazines. Uh, and if you follow us, then the next episode will be delivered straight to you when it's ready next week um thanks for listening we'll be back next week and i hope that you'll join us then